Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Bosco Ramirez. He is Vice President of Operations at CannaSafe. We're going to talk to him about really what goes into laboratory testing in the cannabis market, really kind of understanding what role the laboratories play, kind of what some of the challenges are as the market has grown and expanded, and really what goes into the operation side of running a um, laboratory that is involved in kind of the testing and validating of uh, products that are going through the cannabis supply chain, and really kind of understanding the, um, the complexities and opportunities within that. So I'm excited for this. I always love the kind of the technical side of cannabis. With that, Vasco, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Bruce. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. So let's talk a little bit about background first. Tell us a little bit about professional background. How did you get into kind of the work you're doing, and then how did you get into cannabis? What was the story? Sure. I have always been interested in the sciences, and I took a uh, chemical engineering bent when I started in school a couple of decades ago, two and a half decades ago. I ended up taking an advanced chemistry course that was uh, fascinating to me, and that took me down the chemistry route. I eventually got a uh, master's degree in 
analytical chemistry and eventually because of the continued pull to have me lead operations, get an MBA to, to do justice to the, that kind of a aspect of the work. I have worked my entire professional career in the testing industry. Started out with uh, E&J Gallo, testing and analyzing wine way back when in the Central Valley of California. I moved eventually into the environmental testing industry, which was new at the time in the uh, middle 80s, I believe, and fascinating. It provided many challenges, and it was an evolving market with laws continuously being delivered to to improve, protect, serve the environment. So that was very exciting. And in many ways, that reminds me of where the cannabis industry is today. Sure, That was actually part of the excitement. Worked for uh, mostly environmental testing firms, one of the largest uh, firms in the the space. Uh, Test America is my last employer, and I spent uh, two and a half decades there. I went on to work in food testing for uh, Meru Nutrisciences, also known as Silica. And most recently, I worked for Eurofins, the largest testing firm in the world, running their portable water testing facilities uh, in the country. I looked at cannabis as an exciting new field with many opportunities for uh, doing, righting some wrongs and uh, to, to an exciting new industry. And so that was first what caught my attention, but uh, I go back to the fact that it reminded me a lot of the early days of the environmental industry where many laws are, are being generated and sometimes conflicting and, and uh, opposing laws within states <laughs> exactly. versus, uh, versus state. And, and so in many ways, it reminds me very much about that environment of, of a great amount of, of laws and, and direction and requirements and, and the challenge and having to keep them all straight to uh, still do the right thing, which is provide good analytical data in support of the industry. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what goes into testing? So you've got these various industries that have these kind of testing kind of parts of the industry. What is their role? What do they actually do? What is the information they're providing to the you know people in the market? Yes, indeed. I, I've always found that to be the most attractive part of this. We I often describe to my, my employees that we are like uh, Lady Justice. Uh, we stand with our eyes covered, delivering what we find simply from the facts. And the facts are good analytical data. It's often backed up with uh, good science, but most importantly, uh, great people working who share not only the passion for science, but also a sense of ethical execution that is necessary when you are generating numbers on behalf of products that tell a story about the safety, the quality, and the goodness of whatever it is you're testing. So that's always exciting. I I see ourselves as um, quasi-sentinels, if you will, uh, making sure whatever goes out is, in fact, what has been told to the consumer, to the community, and above all, in all of the industries that I work with, we are an extension of public safety. Make sure that what we send out is is accurate, reflective of the quality, the goodness, the the consumability of whatever product people are are taking. Yeah, yeah. and compare and contrast for us a little bit. You know, you've had this experience in wine, and then you know, working in environmental, and then potable water and these things. Like, give us a little sense of how is cannabis 
kind of similar and different from some of these other industries from a testing, either in terms of the role that testing plays or how testing is kind of positioned in the market or into the industry, and then what you're actually testing, like how, how does sure. you know, the, the practical process of testing change for these different industries? Yes. Uh, in terms of what happens at the laboratory, uh, I've often said to, to folks, if I close my eyes and ignore the aroma of the material we're testing, it is like every other laboratory that <laughs> yeah. I have worked yeah. with. There is the hustle and bustle, the clanging and clanging of flask and dishes and instrumentation, the same kinds of conversations about turnaround times and quality and batches not passing and having to reanalyze. So it's, it's, it's exactly the same challenge. The difference is, of course, the material that you're testing it and the context, especially the regulatory context within which you are doing this. So often you have to be very well-versed and very conversant about the requirements, be they analytical or the legal. I often tell my employees that uh, our responsibility is simply to deliver data that is legally and technically defensible on time all the time. And that's easy in words, but very challenging in, in the execution. So legally and technically defensible generation of data is the challenge of the laboratory, regardless of the matrix. We have to be able to scientifically stand behind the number, have it be reproducible, and most importantly, the amount of documentation that is required to be able to go to a court of law and say that number is good because X, Y, and Z, and here's the documentation to prove it. That is the burden of any entity testing and providing numbers to that effect, regardless of the industry. Now, cannabis has the additional challenge that it's history. We have this duality of uh, legal at a state level, but still seeing as a, as a, as a criminal entity at the federal level. Yeah. That yeah. creates yet an additional level of complexity. What we can do for a customer, we can only do within the state. If a client has uh, needs uh, somewhere else, uh, simply because of the boundaries and the limitations, uh, we would not be able to unless we put another location uh, in that state to serve them. It, it creates that additional complexity and also the, the historical stigma that uh, this product has had. And we see that in, in the challenges of, uh, you know, some vendors, uh, perhaps good instrumentation that you want to have in your laboratory that you're familiar with. And that association with with a product that had been not long ago perceived as, as a crime created a great deal of, of challenges for us to get access to, to vendors, to get access to insurance, uh, banking services, just a number of different things that are second, not even a second thought in, in the rest of the, the business world. For us, it's an additional level of, of a challenge. So to deal with cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm always surprised where this comes up because I think, and maybe just because I've been doing this for a while now, so I, I'm so steeped in it that I, I forget that <laughs> still a lot of the world is, you know, still sees, you know, cannabis as, you know, the, the devil's lettuce or, you know, whatever, you know, uh, euphemism you want to put on it. But um, yeah, and, and it's interesting. I thought about that in terms of, you know, getting getting some of this equipment and supplies and things like that, that you might have a problem where they're not willing to provide yeah. it to you because um, cannabis. Now, do you think... Um, I'm curious if you're if if the the reason is because an association with cannabis or is I can imagine with like equipment manu um, um, financing and things like that like they get worried about like hey look we don't you know this is a really dicey industry we don't know if you're going to be around or you you may have problems paying like is it is it a, a, a 
kind of ethical position or a moral position or is it a practical like they're just looking at it and saying hey this is kind of a risky market we're not sure we want to invest in it i think it's risk management uh, uh, and foremost for for many companies it's uh, reputation is is the risk of association with entities that may still show up as on the wrong side of the, the 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 law and i think that that is still a, a challenge. Uh, we had an instrument vendor today where we're looking at expanding our facilities and we were looking at a, at a vendor today and we were reminded that the very first time we, we dealt uh, with, with a competitor vendor, very well known, um, excellent uh, service provider and product provider, they would, they would be willing to take our money, <laughs> put, the instrument, <laughs> put the instrument there, but they could not support or have any kind of signed contract. Yeah. They were afraid of, of the association with, with the business, with the industry. Interesting. If that has changed. It continues to improve. Uh, but we still have uh, far more of those challenges than, than I, I believe any other industry has. Yeah. So you, you were kind of alluding to or mentioning a little bit in your kind of overview that the interest in cannabis and that it's a new market and, you know, a lot of possibilities. Um, I guess, what's the downside of that? Like as, you know, someone coming from, uh, you know, some, some fairly sophisticated, well uh, developed industries that have, um, you know, really kind of matured and have processes Mm -hmm. and procedures and ways of doing things. Like what, what are you finding inside cannabis in terms of, you know, being running a really, you know, sophisticated lab that is focused on, you know, technically superior results and Mm -hmm. defensible results, like what comes up when you actually try to do business in the space? You know, everything from just about every single resource that you use to, to execute what you need is somehow or other challenged or affected by what I just described, the uh, association and, and the ease with which you get at things. So uh, capital to, to grow, to, to, to do things better, to make uh, investments in facilities and peoples, etc., uh, those things are, are still a bit of a challenge. Uh, you know, it's a great deal of cash in hand, if you will, to do anything that uh, that you want uh, in this industry. So that that's a challenge. But even employees, I uh, was looking to uh, expand, strengthen our IT resources, and went out to some of the resources that I knew from from my industry, very well established, very competent individuals. Uh, and uh, I actually had two people who said, I'm in the process of sponsoring my, my partner, my, my wife, my husband. And uh, even from an immigration status, they yeah. could be associated with anyone in this industry. So I lost out on, on some excellent uh, talent. Uh, and it's that talent uh, the, from mature industry who already have been through the, the potholes on the road of, <laughs> of an industry. Yeah that would benefit that. But even those things uh, become uh, just a bit out of your, your reach. Yeah. There's uh, the, the number of things that we take for granted in these other industries. Uh, I'm finding every day, oh my gosh, you know, we need a, uh, uh, we need a way around this yeah. <laughs> to be able to, to uh, address uh, that stigma or that, uh, that limitation. So uh, it's just in about uh, everything, but uh, we have been fortunate uh, at Kennesafe to uh, have formed a, a team of, of excellent uh, young technicians. We have a really good crew of, of young chemists, uh, microbiologists and such who are, uh, above all, uh, very enthused by the opportunity uh, and the technology that we use. I think we have a, an excellent uh, 
instrumentation and, and uh, an excellent quality program in our company. And that's uh, opening up and expanding horizons and opportunities for our employees. So that's very exciting. Uh, we, we, we want to build on that. And like I said, it, it may take a, a little extra effort than, than other yeah. industries, but uh, we are making our way through those. Yeah. And, and walk us through, you know, for, for the cannabis market, what are we actually <laughs> testing for? Because I, I realize that, um, you know, some, some of these, some, some of the challenges come because of the nature of the products, right? We're, we're testing an agricultural product, so we've got a lot of kind of variants and, you know, issues. And then, I mean, I don't, for those who have been to a dispensary recently, the, the product formats are kind of off the charts right now. Yeah. I mean, they're figuring out, or I, I love our, our, a phrase that we've used a lot on this program is if there's a hole or a surface, we'll figure out how to get cannabis in it. <laughs> and it, it is, there is uh, a, quite a, the variety yeah. of things oh, that are on the market these days. How, how does that play out when you actually yeah. come to, down to this to testing process? Well, the level of creativity is, is uh, second to none. I, I am always amused and, and amazed by by, um, the, the variety of products and, and, and the marketing and the packaging is, is just incredible. Uh, but essentially, we're looking at materials that are either from, from the flower, from the plant, uh, what uh, people would have consumed as a, as a smokable material uh, directly. Uh, we are required by law and by the state regulations to actually go out and sample ourselves. If we're testing, we sample. So that adds an additional level of complexity and, and uh, requirements and staff. But we have to go ourselves, be able to draw a sample that is uh, unequivocally gathered without subjectivity by, by the customer. We gather an objective sample, bring it back to the laboratory, whether that be flower, agricultural product, or it's a uh, produced product that is infused with THC or, or similar. So I'm curious, given the range of products that are out there these days and all the things you're trying to test for, how do you actually go about doing it? I mean, give us a, an idea of what you actually test for and how do you test all these different products given the form factors and shapes and sizes? So we test the, the full spectrum of products, everything from the base material, the plant flower that uh, somebody has grown out in the fields to every variation of product that is created that is infused with uh, cannabis materials. Uh, everything from edibles like gummy bears, uh, chocolate, cakes, soft drinks or uh, carbonated drinks, yeah. all the way up to personal care products, lotions, uh, soaps, creams, tinctures, uh, the full gamut. Everyone is looking essentially for us to tell them, uh, is it safe? What is the context? Is it free of contaminants? And what is the quality of the product? And generally, we're looking for compounds like cannabinoids, the, 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 the material that gives people that uh, nice uh, feeling that uh, they're looking for in the products. Uh, we look for terpenes, which is uh, components that uh, enhance or affect how that THC or cannabinoids uh, is, is experienced by the body. We look for things like solvents, which may be products of uh, processing in the generation of some of these products. Make sure that we are not seeing concentrations uh, of those solvents in the products. We analyze for pesticides to make sure that uh, if they are used in the fields, they're not part of the final products. We look for things like um, heavy metals, uh, arsenic, mercury, lead chromium to make sure that they're not part of the products in any concentrations that that would be known concerns it's very 
systematic in terms of the analysis once it gets to the instrument. The challenge comes in and taking that original material, whatever the form, whether it's plant, it's an oil, it's an ointment, it's a cream, it's a cake, it's a gum, to turn that into something that is homogeneous, that can be analytically and efficiently extracted for those compounds of concerns so that we can end up with a, an extract or a digestate that we can put on the instrument. And the instrument is measuring the same thing all the time. The art form for me is in that processing. How do you get it from its original material to that form where it can be analyzed? And we spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, continuously watching, gathering data, make sure that what we're doing is as effective as possible or modifying to address any challenges that we see. What we're seeing of late is because there is a growth of product types is the additives that go into these things that may sometimes uh, interfere or affect our analysis. And so we find ourselves having to get a little bit more information that we normally would have from customers just to make sure that we understand if and how we need to make any adjustments for effective analysis. It's a fascinating puzzle if you're a chemist, if you're a research yeah. person, and that's what keeps a lot of our, our young scientists here really, really engaged because it is a different day every day that they come into work. Yeah, I've heard some interesting stories just because of the level and, you know, kind of the extent at which we test things on the cannabis side of, you know, people like making a brownie and then having a contaminated come through the sugar or something like that. Because, <laughs> you know, commercial sugar is good enough for baking generally, but sure. you put it into cannabis product and you test it and all of a sudden it's got a, you know, it's got some kind of contaminant in it. I mean, it, it, don't, it, is, it is fascinating what we find and it's unintended consequences. Yeah. You know, it would seem like a a very routine thing to do at home. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, again, it highlights the importance for us to do what we do and to do it well so that the information is is generating uh, genuine concerns where they exist and allowing us to, to move forward with the things that don't have that concern. Yeah, It is very important. We remember, of course, the vape crisis of last yeah. and uh, CanaSafe was was front and center in investigating and, and elucidating the source of the problems and, 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 and what was happening in, in the products. We were able to contribute to the industry that these were, there's a difference between the legally produced products and those black market items that uh, were creating and the source of the problems. And so that, that goes once again to the essence of why we exist as an industry. The ability to know for the consumer, for the base consumer, that what they are taking in, what they are going to eat or inhale is of the utmost uh, safe materials and sources it is incredibly important. We yeah. saw our death, we sort of saw a lot of impacts on health when the cheaper uh, illegally obtained products uh, were consumed. So for a case like that, where, I mean, you, you're working with customers that are in the, you know, the legal market and they're producing mm -hmm. a quality product, but like, how do you go about like doing that kind of research and investigation? Because in that case, it's not just testing a customer's product. It's really gathering, you know, industry information on industry. So you can really figure out like what's going on here and how do we understand how our customers relate to the, to the market in general? Indeed. And it was in fact, part of the interest for me in Kennesafe is uh, Kennesafe actually did a lot of this work pro bono in the interest of the industry and the industry of like customers of, of, of the company to be able to definitively say the problem is here, not here. They did a lot of work on their own dime to be able to 
provide some clarity to the challenge. So uh, kudos to to Canasafe. This was before yeah. I came on, but I paid him great compliment and, and it gave me a sense of the kind of entity company that they are. It's just part of why I'm, I'm, I'm here. I was very interested in that level of uh, engagement and commitment with, with the industry and with the products that they test. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about kind of how the relationship works with customers, because I know, you know, on, on one hand, you know, you get hired by the customers to test these products. On the other hand, you're kind of a, a you're there to protect, you know, consumer safety, public safety and, you know, kind of implement regulatory, you know, requirements. How do you how do you set up a relationships with customers such that you're, you know, both providing their needs and giving them information to run a better business, but on the other hand, also making sure that you're, you know, in, enforcing and making sure that things are being held up to the regulatory and, and general public safety standards. Yes, absolutely. It's it's one of the delightful challenges that we have in the industry. Uh, we, we, of course, have different, uh, uh, the full spectrum of the customers from the producers of the raw material to uh, production entities that are making final things to actually the stores that, that sell the product. So the engagement is, is different. Everyone has the need for uh, good bankable information as quickly as possible. So that, above all, is one of the, the primary challenges that we have as a, as a laboratory, is to be able to make commitments on turnaround time and, and goodness of information uh, at the rate that the customers need. And everyone has a little different focus. Uh, if if it's a final product, we know what we're testing. It's a label, it's got a label claim, and, and, and we are, in fact, verifying that the numbers uh, provided there are, are true. And so that creates, of course, if everything comes out right, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any disagreement with the numbers, it's, it's uh, generally a, a source of a long discussion and, and some, uh, some maintenance. But uh, in the end, the best thing that we can do for ourselves and for our customers is to have a solid analytical approach to what we do, science-based. And like I said earlier, both legally and technically defensive, the number that we provide, we need to be able to stand behind, whether it's with a scientist or with, in a court of law. And that is an extension of the assurance that we give our customers that when you deal with CanaSafe, that number is is accepted. It means something, and it means something that we can back up. That's extremely important. We are still in a very early stage in our industry where uh, there might be some softness in the uh, overall expectations of how good a number may be or yeah. what number needs to be. We hear that. Mm-hmm. And so one of the greatest challenges that we have in this evolving industry is, again, we are like Lady Justice, blind to whatever it is. <laughs> Your need is, although what we are providing is a, a reliable, bankable, defensible number, and, and that's the best thing that we can assure our customers. It doesn't uh, always come out as uh, received as well as I, I would yeah. like it, but it is the thing that we have determined we are in the industry. CanaSafe is going to be leading with science. and We want our numbers to be, as I indicated, legally and technically defensible all the time. Yeah. The more that we see the industry mature, the more that message and that approach resonates with some customers. So of late, we're seeing ourselves in very, very good conversations with some of the larger uh, producers who themselves have established a strong quality program whose now very large productions depend on a bankable production process and process that is validated by a third party like us. All of a sudden, those things that we are pushing for, that we stand behind and that yeah. may be a, a source of consternation with some customers, 
is actually a welcome execution by, by some of these larger entities. And we're seeing the more sophisticated clients uh, resonate, be responsive to, and, and be welcomed uh, of our approach. So I, I, I see that as part of the maturing of the industry. Very happy to see it. Uh, it can't happen fast enough. And uh, frankly, COVID has allowed a little bit more room and space for the, the non-solid data uh, requesters uh, to thrive still. Yeah. I hope and I believe that when the, all the regulatory agencies fall back into, into a rhythm and are routinely reviewing and embedding uh, all products that we'll see a, a, a continuing improvement towards the kind of work that we do. Yeah, I mean, I know in the early in the industry, there's a lot of lab shopping and, you know, you just yeah. you get to basically talk to labs until you get someone who's who's willing to give you the answer that you Indeed. want. Um, <laughs> and I get that, that um, you know, COVID has certainly, you know, put pressure on companies and, you know, reduce kind of regulatory focus in some, in some senses on this stuff. But what's really going to solve this going forward? Is this sort of maturing of the regulatory side? Is this just, you know, the culling of the industry, you know, and having some of those less scrupulous players fall out of out of favor? What what will really change yeah, the game? All of those. Uh, I yeah. think uh, some clarity uh, between federal and state will be the, the most impacting of, of all changes. That in itself will open up just all the players to come in and look at this industry as, as, uh, as what it is, is a true opportunity to thrive and to grow and to develop something new. That in itself, I think, will allow the good businesses to, to thrive, to move forward, and with good businesses, good practices, good products out there, entities like us, I think, will, will thrive as well and, and will succeed. The important thing here is the more that we allow the legal industry to excel and to, to, to be successful, the more win we take out of the illegal side of this, which, which is still a significant uh, challenge and uh, will continue to make this difficult until we can, we can manage yeah. to, to open up and make that little aspect of this business the way to do and participate in this uh, in this work. Yeah. So you mentioned in the in the very beginning this um, you know challenge with the state by state kind of context that we're operating within. You know, from a lab side, tell us a little bit about it. as you look at different states as you're expanding. I know that you've got some other states going at this point, but what are sort of the operational challenges from the laboratory side that when when you're dealing with different states and different regulation frameworks yeah. and stuff, what changes? So uh, yes, it means that uh, the, the your processes and systems and tools now need to keep track of this uh, very serious amount of data and information and requirements times X number of states. So that places some, some burden, some expectations, and some requirements on those additional tools. It is, however, not different from environment. In environment, we have a federal law that says, you know, drinking water has these primary and secondary drinking water standards and everyone must meet. They just about goes out and adds an additional set of requirements. You can be tighter or more demanding than federal, nevertheless. But we, most laboratories will, that, that are national on that side will have 49 accreditations. You know, most of the states have their own programs. So in many ways, people like myself who come from environment uh, will have a bit of a sense. And, and that means your systems need to be robust. Uh, you need very strong quality assurance uh, professionals working for you and, and people who can understand and stay on top of the nuance between states on a specific analyte or on a specific set of analytes 
uh, and, and all the energy that goes into uh, just staying on top of the changes and translating that into a proper operational execution that keeps you in line. Remember that if, you, if there's a requirement out there and you're not meeting it, it means you've done your, your clients a disservice. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that challenge and, and the fact that every state is, has, has these little nuances and changes in what they, you know, how they set up the regulation and even how it gets implemented. But everything, LIMS is a critical tool because now we have to be able to, to take that one tool that serves all of the laboratories and make those adjustments and create those, the, 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 the algorithms that will allow us to keep those compliant but uh, different. And that will be a reality of this as it is on the environment. Yeah. This is excellent. Vasco, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about CanaSafe, what's the best way to get that information? Look us up at uh, csalabs.com. I am certainly available uh, via LinkedIn, and uh, you can find us in in, uh, many, many different ways through the CanaSafe name. Great. Please feel free to reach out. Awesome. I will will put uh, all the links in uh, your LinkedIn URL and in the show notes here so people can get that information. Vasco, this is a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Likewise, Bruce. Thank you for the opportunity opportunity. Good day. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.